So, Father, you've seen the hearts of the people in the room today that have laid burdens at your feet today, knowing, Lord, that because you have risen, just like you said, that we can rejoice in the things that you put before us because you're in control and you will see us through. So, Father, whatever we lay at your feet today, whatever anxieties or fears or or, or, or just things that, that are attacking us as individuals, Lord, as we lay them at your feet, because you have risen, that gives us power and authority to pray for you to move on these situations. And Father, we release your Holy Spirit to do that today. Father, we release your Holy Spirit to bring healing to marriages today. Father, we release your Holy Spirit to bring healing to our children and to to different ones in our family, Lord, physically and spiritually. And Father, we rejoice with hallelujahs for bringing us through, Lord. We rejoice, Father, because no temptation has seized us. Uh, No temptation will seize us because, Father, you will give us a way out because of the power and authority you have and father release that to your people today and so father we lay these things before you today we ask that you fill our lives with peace father the fruit of your spirit lord fill us full in jesus name and lord spoke to me someone and here's his battle on the sin and 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 you just can't seem to break it And you don't feel worthy to worship today. Well, I'm here to tell you, Jesus died for your sin. And you just need to repent and say, Lord, here it is. Lay it at his feet and allow the Lord to begin to do a healing in your life. You may have unforgiveness in here today. And unforgiveness is blocking you from being what God's called you to be. And Father says, lay it at my feet. And repent of unforgiveness and allow me, God, the Father, through the Son and the Holy Spirit to minister to your situation. But Father, we do sing hallelujah today. We do praise your name today because the victory is already won. And Father, let us recognize that, Lord, that the victory is already won. In Jesus' name. Let's say amen by saying the victory is already won. The victory is already won. Amen? If you believe that, sit down. The Lord uh, woke me at 2.38 or 2.37, something like that, on February 19th and said, speak uh, on these things the next few weeks. And... I thought it was mainly Liberia because a week from, or actually two weeks from today, we're going to be in Liberia and, and we'll be on the ground there. And I thought, well, that's what the Lord wanted me to do. But he kept saying, anywhere you preach for the next few weeks, really for quite a while, uh, I want you to speak on these things. And, and, and guys, it's just basically our mission statement, and from Mark 16, 15, or actually we're going to start in Mark 16, 14 today, but we need to see these things clearly. 
And when I say clearly, we need not only see them, we need to believe them. And we're going to get into it today, but, but how can you believe or see anything clearly unless you believe Jesus came, died for you, and rose on that third day? We're going to be celebrating Easter pretty quick, Resurrection Sunday. And if you don't believe that, then, then you won't see thing, things clearly. You won't walk in peace that we sang about today. And so we got to clearly understand and see these things. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But again, uh, Mark 16, 14 is where we'll start. And uh, our mission statement is to go save, disciple, and sin. But we got to clearly believe in him first. Mark 16, 14. After he appeared to the 11 themselves as they were reclining at the table, and he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they have not believed those who saw him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out preaching everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. You get that? Father, we heard your words today, and Father, I ask that your words would be spoke to, spoke to each person in this room here today. And Father, whether it's by your spirit or through me, however it would be, Lord, I ask that you minister to each one that's listening online. Father, that's here in this body today, Lord, speak clearly to us and let us receive it clearly in Jesus' name. We've been talking about lately about unbelief a lot. And, and it seems like the Lord keeps taking me back to that because I skipped over this part because, oh, we've been talking about unbelief. Uh, that's all we've been really hitting lately. But here Jesus starts out uh, before he sends us out and says, we got to clearly see him and get rid of anxiety and fears because anxiety and fears are driven by unbelief. Mark 16, 14, Jesus said he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart. He addressed that first thing, the unbelief and the hardness of heart. And I got to looking back through the chapter. Do you realize that in Mark 16, 1, just in this chapter, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, thought that was neat because that was also the mother of Jesus. And, and Salome, I don't know how you pronounce that, but who cares? But three people came, or Jesus came to three people and said to them, I will be in Galilee. Tell my disciples that I've risen. Well, they didn't believe. And so 
They were afraid. Word exactly says they were afraid and said nothing. That could have meant they're afraid to Jesus and said nothing, or it could have meant they just said nothing about it at all. Number two, Mark 16, 19 says Jesus himself appeared to Mary Magdalene, and then she went and told the disciples, and they would not believe. Then in Mark 16, 12, Jesus appeared to two other disciples, and they told the rest, but they would not believe. And so we see that Jesus comes to them a fourth time after he's risen. In other words, they didn't believe the, the message that Jesus rose from the grave. They were in hiding, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But Jesus came through the doors, Mark 16, 14 says, and that's when he appeared to them. And notice the 11, because Thomas wasn't there, and we'll get into that later. As they were reclining at the table and rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of hearts. Four times, Jesus had to address unbelief. And he addressed the unbelief that Jesus had not rose from the dead. And I got to thinking about that, that Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So if you don't believe Jesus raised from the dead, then, then you can't be saved first off. You can't see things clearly. That's why it's so important that, that we pay attention to what's going on in the church world because there's pastors that are saying today in churches across America, there's pastors that are alluding to that Christ never raised from the dead. They're alluding to that Christ was never the son of God because they give in to the world and the world ideas. But if we don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead, then we can't even be saved. So the disciples were not even saved at this point. They couldn't be saved until Jesus was risen from the dead. And a lot of people, all oh, the disciples were saved when they came and followed Christ. Clear back in the beginning. The work couldn't be completed until Jesus rose from the grave. So the disciples, they were being driven by anxieties and fears and unbelief. Maybe even death. Let's turn to John uh, 20, 19. We're going to be going, maybe we'll be jumping around. But, but John 20. But on the evening of the day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. See, fear had crept in. They were in hiding because they didn't believe that Jesus rose from the dead. A lot of you said, oh, that's nonsense. Well, once they believed, got a hold of them, were filled with the Spirit, they tore the world upside down and were martyred for believing. Then Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. We see that Peter's anxiety, his unbelief, his fear, 
caused him to deny Christ before the cross in Luke twenty-two fifty-seven through 60. We see that fear of Judas and his unbelief and his anxiety caused him to hang himself. These are disciples. We see most all the disciples running into hiding because of the fear and unbelief. They didn't believe all the things that Jesus had been told them, telling them. You know, we've heard from children. Since I was a kid, I heard in Sunday school that that Jesus came, Jesus died, and, and Jesus rose from the grave. We hear these things all of our life, but until we believe them, confess them, live them out, then we're not going to experience this peace that Christ established in his believers. And that takes us to point two. We must clearly embrace the peace that establishes, that is established through salvation. Mark 16, 15, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. But we see in John, as we jump back and forth from John 20 to, to Mark 16, but John 20 said, or 20, 21 says, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them And said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. That was their salvation, I believe. That was the point in time when Jesus said, peace comes from removing the unbelief and believing in me and you'll be saved. They received the the Holy Spirit, that regenerating power, that spirit now resided in their heart. And that's what brings us peace. Once they accepted Jesus and his salvation, that peace resided into them. They, were, they received deliverance for forgiveness. They received deliverance for anxieties. They received deliverance from fear of death because they believed and had a peace that, man, this is Jesus. And he rose from the dead. Well, if you don't buy that yet, as I said earlier, Thomas wasn't with them. And if you go to John 20, 27, it refers in verse 24 that eight days later, Thomas comes in. But in verse 27, it says, Thomas was doubting him. And he said, until I put my finger in the holes and the scars, I won't believe. And and Jesus said to Thomas, put your finger here in my hands. And put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And then Thomas said, my Lord and my God. Salvation. He had to get past the unbelief that Christ didn't raise from the dead to believing that Christ raised from the dead. Guys, if you can't truly believe that Christ rose from the dead and truly believe if you died right now that you would be with God, I'd be worried about where I was at in my faith. 
I'll never forget in Bible college, a guy walked up to me and said, are you saved? I just took me back and had to think about it. First day of Bible study, guy, Bible college, a guy walks up and asks me if I'm saved. I had to think about it. And before I could even get anything out of my mouth, he said, if you don't know, then you probably aren't. And that's always stuck with me because I shouldn't doubt if I'm saved. I shouldn't even hesitate when somebody says, do you believe that Jesus rose from the dead? Yes, I do. On the third day, he rose from the dead and he's going to come get me one day. Do you believe? See, we must guard our hearts from unbelief through the word and we're going to get into that here in a second. And Jesus leads the Holy Spirit with us to stay connected, to be in there when we do have times of doubt or or times we're not sure that we can go to the Word and the Holy Spirit in us will draw us unto Him and we can continue in belief. But the enemy, he's trying to steal your belief. He's trying to put anxiety and fear and fear of physical death in your life and and it just cause all kinds of doubt that there's no power in Jesus. There never will be. Look what's going on around you. Where's Jesus? That's what the enemy does. I was even so sickened this week when I read that a bill popped up, CNN, CNN reported, you know, the devil, the enemy's trying to stop What's going on in Asbury? Because there's a move of the Holy Ghost going on. And guys, CNN sickens me. I shouldn't get political here. And I don't know how anybody can watch them because they don't line up with the Word of God 80% of the time. Probably 100, but I'll give you 80. But, but guys, this is what they said. Health officials are warning that people who attended week long spiritual revival event at Asbury University in Wilmore, Kentucky on February 18th may have been exposed to measles. Plant the fear out there. And that may be confirmed that that's true. But see how the enemy plants fear into your life? We're going along good. Spirit's moving. Oh, but there's measles at Oakton. Don't come back. Think about it. If we believe Jesus rose from the dead, we shouldn't fear measles. We shouldn't fear things that the enemy puts before us, but we press into him. He uses fear to stop revival in your life. Many's come to me and said, let's go to Asbury, Pastor, let's go, let's go, let's go. I said, why go there? We can have it here. We just believe. Do you believe Jesus is risen? Clearly, point three, the word cleanses us from unbelief, for, for forgiveness that we're, we're hanging on, unforgiveness we're hanging on to, fears and anxieties, and even fear of death. And, and I said, I, a marriage retreat this weekend, I usually send Karen alone, but I went with her this weekend. No, I'm kidding. I messed up and said that before and got tomatoes thrown at me. But Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. 
The word washes unbelief. Get that today? So that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. Jesus is the word that came into our life that that set us free, that brought us peace, that sanctifies us, that continues to cleanse us through the washing of the word. That's why the word's so important. Jesus was the word and he washed us and he planted that word in our heart and he gave us the Bible to follow. The word will cleanse us from unbelief, any blemish, from things you can't shake. The word, plant the word in your heart. Just say, Jesus rose from the grave. They keep saying that, it'll give you the power that you need. Do you guys realize that if you weren't here Wednesday night, you missed out? Uh, We had a lot of testimonies Wednesday night. But what caught my eye in all the testimonies of deliverance, they all commented, I was at church. Or I was at Bible study at church. Or I was at a care team. Or that I was at these altars praying. You get getting that? Every testimony that was shared Wednesday night when God did a move on their life was when they came together to break open the word with other believers. Not saying you can't break open the word at home and enjoy it and God do things for you, but I just caught my eye. Every testimony Wednesday night. I also caught in that scripture that husband, it's your responsibility to see your family in church. You know, the wives always get upset because they're supposed to submit to the husband. But the husband's responsibility is that his wife and family is presented to God holy and without spot and blemish, just as Christ did to church. My husband will never drive. I heard this this weekend. Well, get out of the seat and let him drive. We're all wanting to set the driver's seat. But also, man, if you're doing what you're supposed to do, your wives will want to follow you. But anyway, that's another story. For clearly, Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit to keep the peace. We talked about earlier at salvation, the, the Holy Ghost comes in to regenerate us. Titus 3, 5 says, Jesus saved us, not because of our works done by us in righteousness, but according to his mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. So again, peace comes through salvation. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. That comes through salvation. But we continue in peace by being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And guys, that's why it's so important. Luke 24 says that, you know, hey, behold, I'm sending a promise from my father but stay until you're clothed with power on high. Then Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Then Acts 2.4, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Well, guys, between the time of John 20, 22, where Jesus breathed the regeneration Holy Spirit into him, 
to the baptism of the Holy Spirit was what? How many days? Is it 50? Pentecost means 50? Penta? By the way, it was several days later. But something else that caught my eye, that, that when Jesus did all these things about talking about the Holy Spirit coming, in John 14, he says in John 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance all that I have said to you. What did he say? Peace I live with you, leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives it to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. That's the peace of salvation. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to help us stay in there. He spent the word of God to, to keep us in there. But we got to refuel like they did in Acts 4.31 when they were being persecuted and, and just beaten up and, and for what they believed and who they were. And when they prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with great boldness. So they were refueled, regenerated. Do we clearly see today that, that we need to be saved? That we need to be uh, just washed in the word? That we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Because Jesus clearly desires his church, you, to operate in the Holy Spirit. And John 14, 12 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me, salvation will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do because I'm going to be the Father. Today's passage in Mark 16, 17 through 18, and these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on, their, on the sick and they will recover. Speaking in the new tongue that Jesus prophesied in Mark 16 happened in Acts 2, 4, 10, 46, 19, 6, 1 Corinthians 12, 30, 1 Corinthians 14. It's just all through the Bible. He gave the gift of the Holy Spirit to the church. Driving out demons was fulfilled, Acts 15, or 5, 15, and 16, Acts 16, 18, Acts 19, 11, and 12. That's just a few examples. Acts is the acts of the apostle. Jesus said, you're going to do these things. They did those things. Jesus said, the church, you are going to do those things. We can do those things as well. Are you operating in the power of the Holy Spirit? Escaping death by snake, snake bikes. Paul escaped death of a snake bike in Acts 28, 3 through 5. Healing the sick, Acts 3, 1 through 7, 8, 7, 9, 33, 14, 8. 28.9, uh, drinking deadly poison is not mentioned in the New Testament, but in Acts one uh, twenty three, when Joseph called Bersabbas, who was surnamed Justice, you'll read in some other editions, I can't pronounce these books, but that were written a few years later, uh, E-U-S-E-B-I-U-S, the third, uh, uh, in verse 39, recorded that, that he had drank deadly poison and was not harmed by it. The Holy Spirit is to continue with Christ's church until Jesus returns, even as a testimony 
even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed in you so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of the Lord Jesus Christ who will sustain you to the end guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 1.6. 1 Corinthians 12.28, And God appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, and then the gifts of healing, helping, administration, and various kinds of tongues. In Galatians 3.5, Does he who supply the Spirit to you and works, does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed God, it was counted to him as righteousness. We need to believe that God has called us. We need to believe, point six, that Jesus clearly calls his church to present salvation and the Holy Spirit to a lost world. Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Man, right after Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, Acts 2, 4, he's filled with the Holy Spirit, spoken tongues, he went straight into preaching. Man, he went into this power. He went from being afraid and hiding. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And they heard the message in Acts 2, 37. They were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to him, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For this is a promise for you, for your children, and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. We go, we save, we disciple, we send. Peter was saved. Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter began to preach. The people said, what must we do to be saved? Peter said the same thing, same thing to them. Salvation, water baptism, baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's for you and all generations to come. Keep talking about it. 3,000 were saved and 5,000 were saved. Then it got to the point, and with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. There was no needy person among them. Did you get back to where we started today? They preached the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them. They not only believed it, they taught it. There was no needy person among them. You get that today? I pray you're quiet because you're sinking in. I pray you're quiet because you're getting it. And I pray that you clearly teach it, clearly tell it, clearly yell it from the mountaintops. And point seven, clearly scripture teaches that Christ wants his followers to expect and announce the gospel of the kingdom of God. Mark 16, 20 said, and they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by company signs. Now get this. When Christ sent his disciples out, he confirmed him in everything they did. Matthew 10, 1, and he called his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out to heal every disease, every affliction. Mark 3, 14, and he appointed it 12, whom he also named apostles so that they might be with him and he might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. Luke 9, 2, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal 
Uh, the 72 returned with joy, saying, "The Lord, even the Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. You guys getting it today? Jesus backs us up. But we got to believe in the resurrection of his son. We got to believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we get that in our heart and believe that, man, it doesn't matter what happened to us. We're going to raise two and be with Christ. We get a hold of that. Man, we're going to tear the world up for Jesus. And, and I close with Jesus clearly wants the church to go east, west, north, and south. Jesus' own words in Luke 13, 29, and they will come from the east and the west, from the north and the south, and will recline at the table in the kingdom of God. And that's when Jesus goes into, and behold, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. But something else that as I was really digging into this chapter in Mark 19, or Matthew, excuse me, Mark 16, um, some manuscripts include a verse after verse 8, and this is what it says. But they reported briefly to Peter and those with him all that they had been told. And after this, Jesus himself sent out by means of them from east to west the sacred and imperishable proclamation of eternal salvation. Then the manuscripts then continue on with verses 9 through 20. And they just didn't put it in there because there's just very few manuscripts said that. But it's confirmed in Luke chapter 13 when Jesus said east, west. We need to be a church that goes out. We need to be like the early church that went out with this message and went to Samaria in Acts 8.14 and saw that they were saved and that they were filled with the Holy Spirit and that they continued on the things of God. You know, the Gentiles that sat in this room today, if it wasn't for Acts 10.44... When Peter got that message to go to the Gentiles and preach salvation, preach baptism of the Holy Spirit, do you guys realize the Gentiles, I'm a Gentile, uh, the Gentiles spoke in tongues before they were water baptized because the Spirit confirmed it in them. They believed in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and began to speak in tongues. And, and it was a sign to the apostles that, hey, this is no longer for the Jews, but this is for everybody. Go east, go west, go north, go south, because they'll all sit at the table one day. Ephesians 8, 9, 18, or 19, same way. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. And, and when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began to speak in new tongues and prophesying. There are about 12 men in, in total. So guys, what I'm saying to you today is things that we hear and have heard all of our life. But do we, do we hear it clearly? Do we see it clearly? Do we believe it clearly? And that's what the Lord's reminding us of today, that, that you must believe that he is risen and that he's the only way to God. And when you get a hold of that, peace is going to rest on you. Because it isn't going to matter what happens in this world. You're going to be with Christ not only today, but forever. Those that we love, the loved ones that go home earlier than we want them to, they're with Christ. And that's the ultimate healing. We believe in the resurrection. We believe in Jesus. And that's what brings us peace. 
It's what brings us peace. When our marriage is on the rocks, we believe in Jesus rose from the dead. And if Jesus rose from the dead, he can fix my marriage. And that gives us peace to listen to the Holy Spirit and dig in the word and see what God's trying to tell us. Believe. Clearly. And guys, don't set on it. We can't set on what we believe. The disciples couldn't set it on it any longer. When they're in the workplace and they're out in the world and they've said they were drunk, they're just drunk. No, we're not. This is what's going on. How many times do people tell you at work, oh, you're just one of them dumb, drunk Christians? Shut up. We're not drunk. But we're filled with the Spirit and Jesus rose from the dead for the forgiveness of sins to bring you peace. And you need it, brother. We need to be bold in the world, in the Word. Man, I keep saying it, Jeremy. I didn't see you guys were up there, but I sent you a text earlier. And I said, man, uh, you know you're going to be with me three weeks, so you can't come to church because you're not sure you can deal with three weeks. And I see they're up there in the sound booth, all of his lovely family, but... But the way we're praying, the Lord keeps showing me over and over. We're praying as a team. We're believing as a team. And and we're believing that Jesus is going to do big things. But the Lord keeps telling me that we need to do that as a church every day. You need to do that every morning. You need to pray with the same intensity as if you're going to Liberia for three weeks. But we got it so cushy over here. Satan has lullabied the American church. I don't need to pray. I can go to the doctor. Let's go take care of the doctor. I don't need to pray. I can go to a counselor. They'll get my wife straightened out or my husband straightened out. What happened to the days when we only had Jesus to go to? Because that was the good old days. That's when things happened. And I'm not saying don't go do them, see the doctor or don't go see a psychiatrist or whatever. I'm saying go to Jesus first and let him lead you where you need to go. Last few weeks, the Lord has really moved in our services. And 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 be honest with you, I usually know when to extend a service on and when not to the lord usually clears that up but the last three or four times i've preached i've almost felt guilty a little bit that that i closed it off and and so what i wanted to do starting today is just let you guys know when you need to leave leave Uh, and i don't say that mean if you got something to do go go in the lord but, but I'm going to let people that want to stay around and pray and people who want to stay around and seek God, I want to let them do it as long as they want. And you can go out in the foyer and talk. You can go out and do the things you want to do outside. That's fine. But, but I don't want to stop somebody getting a touch from the Lord. And that, I don't know what that's going to look like. But I'm just saying to you now is you leave whenever you need to leave. It's okay. And as Joe said, you be comfortable 
in church. I laid on the floor to make a point. That, that was really awkward laying on the floor because people are probably like, crazy pastors laying on the floor. Well, it's okay to leave when you need to leave. We're not going to condemn you. But the altar call today, if you'd stand to your feet, is, is it clear? Are you clear? If you're marked by anxieties and fears and unbelief, you're not clear. And I'm not saying you're not saved, but, but if you're continually walking in that, you need to take a look. Because Jesus shared that salvation clearly brings peace. Clearly touches your life. The word clearly cleanses us from unbelief. The Holy Spirit will clearly keep you in peace. You just got to stay in Him. And that's what I'm getting at. If you need to come and pray, you pray until you get peace. That's what I was trying to say earlier. If if you're still here at 2 o'clock, then pray until you get peace. If you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'd come up and ask the Lord for that today. If you haven't been operating in the Holy Spirit, we need to clearly do that. And we need to realize clearly that God called us to preach salvation, to share the word and the Holy Spirit to the world. And we need to clearly realize that when we step out in faith, God's going to back us up. Me and Gary worry a lot of times because we don't know what we're getting into overseas. But, but we were talking the other day, and, and we just want Joshua, and, and we just want Jeremy, and we just want uh, Keith. We just want Rustin. We just want them to experience God. And I thought, they will. Because God backs us up. We don't know what that looks like. We don't know if that is a camp meeting or crusade. We don't know how God's going to do it. But we know when we go that God will back us up when we open our mouths. So know that when you open your mouth, led by the Spirit, because I've seen some people open their mouths and I'm like, crazy. Make sure it lines up with the Word. Make sure God's directing you. That's why I studied Asbury. Them guys are controlling the microphone. Anybody that tries to edify and lift up their ministry, their belief, they don't let them have the microphone because we're lifting up God. And so they're watching what's being said. And so do we. We need to make sure that we're being led by the Spirit. Because he wants to move. And, and guys, always remember, the Spirit's a gentleman. He's a gentleman. He's not going to force himself. But also the Spirit is bold. Because Jesus was bold at times. So we need to know the Word and we need to clearly be led by the Holy Spirit. And he will back us up. Amen? How many have received something today? Just raise your hand up. I've received something today. Okay? I don't do that for glorifying me, but it does make me feel good when at least one person raised their hand. 
But I say to you today is pray about those things with the Lord. Seek those things because I want to chase a rabbit that I heard Wednesday night that, that we forgive, but we're struggling with walking in forgiveness. Uh, guys, forgiveness isn't a feeling. It's a fact. If you don't believe you're forgiven today, just it's a fact. And you may not feel like it. But you just confessing with your mouth that, that, you're, that you're just confessing that sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you that sin and deliver you from all unrighteousness. So forgiveness, you got to walk into, walk in it. And there's going to be times that the old enemy drags it up, but you just continue to walk in it. You know, there's things that's happened to me that, that, that the old enemy will bring it in, and, I, and I'm still battle on that a little bit, but just push it back. Say, no, Lord, I forgive them and I stand and walk in that. So it's not always a feeling. It's a fact. But I also tell you, if you got unforgiveness towards me and I walk into the room and it upsets you, then you haven't forgiven me. And you're letting me control your life. You need to take back your space. Amen? Amen. Anyhow, Father, you spoke to us. Father, we just ask that you move upon our life today. Lord, we know your Holy Spirit's here ready to do it. Father, if there's anyone here today that needs to be saved, that, that they haven't heard about or believed in your resurrection, and today they believe that you not only hear Jesus, that you're raised from the dead, and that you're seated at the right hand of God right now. If that's you today, I want you to come to me and, and pray for salvation. Some may be prayed for baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some may be pray for a renewing of the Holy Spirit. Some just need a refreshing. Whatever you need from the Lord, come and just receive it today.